When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On 11.16 SEN, the award-winning crunch time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues with great offers until March 31. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. And he hits it really well, and I think they're going to say this got there. They are. Josh Jenkins has made it three in a row to the Adelaide Crows. And the alarm bells are ringing, and they're ringing loudly for Sydney. He's got the license to do it, and so he tries, and he hit it well. He's hit it really well. He's got it. Oh, boy, what about that? You don't see that enough in the game. Hurls it out to Buddy. Intersection of the 50 and the boundary. He couldn't, could he? It's Buddy Franklin. He can and does. The first flash of Franklin brilliance in season 2019. So with most people on the ground with the ball in their hands in this position, not too many people are expecting too much. With Lance Franklin, it's a bit different. 55 out on the boundary line, and it did not look like missing. Instant kick towards Jenkins inside 50. He gets the rebound. He uses the big body to get through, and he slips around the corner from 45. How about that for a snap? The SCG no longer a fortress, no longer the home that it was for the Swans over all those years. And now they've got some thinking to do. Adelaide wins, and wins convincingly by 26 points. You always want to get a win on the board early in the year, and, and you know, coming up here, you'd rather be coming away 1-1 one and one than 0-2, than so that's a motivation. But as I said, for us it was more getting back to what it's going to take to win tonight. Um, and to our guys' credit, as I said, they, they found a way when you know, they were challenged a few times for Sydney, or you know, they keen to obviously get a win on the board as well. So uh, it, was a, it was a good night, tough night, but a good night. I thought we competed better, and that's what we are. That's what we wanted going into the game. We competed better, and um, at different times got right back in the game through just competing, but you know, lack of polish in the end hurt us, and just the, the basic fundamental skill areas that we, were, we weren't able to execute when we got the ball out in space. We'd miss a handball or drop an easy mark and effort was better, but execution not, not so good. The Adelaide Crows get the response required after a first up flop on a night that further illustrates the questions hovering over the Swans. Sydney coach John Longmire is our headline guest. Steps inside the 50, high ball, rebound! Oh, he almost took a spectacular grab. Moore was flying too, hits the ground. Three volts, hurt his right wrist. Phillips sets up the kick to Lee. Oh! He flew early and he stayed up and takes the mark. And the Collingwood fans mirror that by standing up. He's played on, he's turned around and he's kept off a magnificent bit of play by screwing through a goal. The marking and kicking skills of Jordan Dugowie. 
A sight to behold at the mighty MCG. Hand to it was broad. It reached the back. Cox is onto it. Slips a tackle. Almost got goal side. Did floats it home. Again, Thursday night provided endless manner for discussion. How deep are Richmond's troubles and how good can Jordan Dugowie be? High would uh, represent a situation where a player was maybe stretched off the ground with concussion and severe would be a concussion and then maybe an associated broken jaw or something to that effect. We've got some clarification about what is legal and what's not legal. Max will work his way through it, but... As a club, it won't happen again. Yeah, it's a mutual decision. Um, obviously, haven't had the backup of pre-season over a lot. But a few little niggles there, and I guess uh, at the moment, just trying to put all my energies and focus and getting my body right. In light of recent racial vilification incidents over social media, the club has taken a public stand to condemn the behaviour and racism of any kind. In a week that the game took its strongest stance in years against racism, debate raged in every corner, from the MRO to AFL-M. It's all in the crunch. It's a massive round two edition of crunch time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues until March 31 and fall in love with lunch again at Subway. The Crows avoided the dastardly 0-2 that David King put everyone on notice about and unnerved the whole football world earlier than normal. But the Swans faced that fate and not for the first time. They've been the masters of wriggling out of such scenarios, but they will be challenged like never before. Jared Waitley with you for Crunch Time. David King is with me. Hello, Kingy. Morning, boys. Yeah, 0-2, not a great space, Jared. And 0-3 gets even worse. We know that uh, only one team in the last... Th- of 30 since 2010 have made the finals, but we know it was the Swans. So they've, they've read this uh, book. They've seen this movie, Jared. So but are they the Swans that have done it strong. before? You'll do what you want to do. You'll trust if you want to trust, and you won't if you don't. And uh, I think that's we, – we all just see what we want to see, and John Longmire won't have a bar of that, I'm sure. Kane Corns, is, there was no alternative for Adelaide last night but a march in and make amends. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it was impressive, I thought. Um, and not not a typical Adelaide clean performance where their ball movement from the back after the fourth half was as good as we've seen. But at this stage of the year for them, as they get some players back into form, including Brad Crouch, who I thought took a positive step last night. Smith continues to get better. you just got to win early. I think they've got seven out of their next nine at Adelaide Oval. They play St Kilda and Gold Coast twice for the rest of the year. So they're in a really good position now. But you're right, they, they had to win that one last night and, and they'll be pretty pleased and, and rightly so. And Bob Murphy, did did Buddy see Jordan to go on Thursday night and go, oh, yeah, yeah, but I can still do this? Maybe. You know, the the best of the best do keep an eye on each other, don't they? And I think uh, I think we, what we saw on Thursday night with Jordan Ngoi, he, he seems to be the most obvious of the next elite superstar. He, you know, he could... I think the question was, how good could he be? Well, well, Buddy's been doing it for a decade, but he was special last night. So, Kingy, did, did the Crows set a few things right last night or did they just take what was there before them? No, I, I think they got a team at the right time. The Swans aren't at their best. They're not in rhythm yet. Some of their stars are clearly not playing um, at 100% and that's that's their lot at the moment and, and a lot of teams are in that position. But yeah, I, I thought they moved the ball really well. I, I think when you look at their scoring profile of the back half, I mean, they've only kicked 12 goals and that's generally what happens against the Swans. You, you, don't, uh, you don't kick a massive score. 
But out of their back line, they had, uh, they had 11 scores, eight scores from their defensive 50. Now, to move the ball full length of the ground is the hardest thing to do in the game at the moment. It has been for, for 10 years since, since coaching took defence to a new level, you know, defensive grids and, you know, all that Webs. sort of stuff. Just not folding back. Just not yeah. the easy option of folding back anymore. Webs, yeah, exactly. I know you love a good web. <laughs> I, love, I love a good fad term. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think, I think when you look at what the Crows were able to do, they didn't get full-toed odds on the scoreboard, but that, that's a big performance against the Sydney Swans that, that rely on defence. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones, isn't it? That in some ways that we there's a there's some pessimism around the Swans and 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 how good they are, and you know, not many people have had them in the eight. But for, on the Crows' side of it, just when you've had a bad start after a bad year, to still go over to the SCG and and beat the Swans, that's still that's still a significant win. Oh, they'd be they'd be pretty happy on their flight home this morning. I think they did it last year, Bob. They're under pressure. They lost to Collingwood in round four, got smashed there by 48 and went to Sydney and won in round five. And it, it kick-started their season into gear a little bit. They were able to win multiple games in a row after that. Now, it fell apart later. We know that. But you're right. It does give them some momentum, I thought. You know, Walker needed a big performance last night, and he, he got that. I think he moved better. His, his hands were strong and probably didn't finish in front of goal like he would have liked to. But... Their leaders stood up last night. I think Jenkins was important when he went into the ruck. Sloan is always strong on the back of a, a really disappointing and um, un- Adelaide-like performance against Hawthorne last week. I think we've lowered the bar on Walker. I really do. I think if we're all saying that was some sort of performance, we've lowered the bar too far. Mm. Um, didn't take a mark inside the Ford 50 last night. So why was he so impactful? As, as well, my question. And I'm not saying he played a poor game by any stretch, but that is miles from his best. I'm a little bit with you, Kingy. I I I was thinking about this because I was just uh, reading the paper and the websites today and and everyone had him sort of top one or top two players on the ground. Uh, I think Del Sando and AFL Nation gave him best on ground. Maybe we have lowered our our standards on him. Uh, He goalless last week. He was very quiet throughout the preseason. But he's about to turn 29 and, and maybe he's just not doing it as freely as he used to. But what I did think was a positive was his ability to, his, his agility I thought was better at times. He was creative with his hands, um, with his handball and also his marking was strong. But yeah, I was thinking about that. I think we have maybe just uh, lowered our expectations on what he's capable of when he was at his best. What's the game again? As all I say, to, to, when you're doing votes, sometimes you, you can get caught up in what's what they produce and sometimes... Sometimes you can have a no mark inside 50 game and bring the ball to ground quite regularly. I didn't think he brought the ball to ground. I didn't think he flew in crash packs. And we can show vision. Dermot Bruton's hot on this. And this is not being negative at all. He will play 14. If he plays the full year this year, he'll play 14 games better than that last night. He wasn't, mm. in my opinion, he wasn't best on ground. I thought, I thought it's great to see Brad Crouch up and rolling, you know, two games in a row now. Can he get to that five, six, seven in a row and really – you know, go next level? That's the, that's the big question. But the question I want to pose to you boys is given what happened last year, and Kane as well, given what happened last year, winning on the road as a group like this, I think has a, has a separate meaning altogether, Bob. I mean, yeah, where that, I mean, been. That's, that's why I went for the, for the, you know, use of the term, a significant win. Because last year that this, this word can offend some people, the vibe of Adelaide last year was all wrong. There was, there was not too many good news stories. We know about the the, the trauma of the camp and, and all of that. This summer, they, they it seemed that was that was a distant memory that they had very quiet over there. Seemed to be healthy. Seemed to, and then the round one loss was just like, oh god, I just 
it was a bit of a shock. I thought, is is it still is it still not quite right? So for them to just sort of knock it on the head in round two, and then they're still got to prove that point again and again and again. But it was a it sort of put an end to that in my mind at least. Their draw gives them a chance to get early season momentum. So if you are a bit of a believer, your season doesn't start till you get your first win, then it is timely. So they've got Geelong at the Adelaide Oval, then they go North Melbourne, Gold Coast, St Kilda, Fremantle. And that's not to say any of those are givens, but if they are the top four team that they would have come into the season expecting to be, they absolutely, Kane, have a chance to get that momentum in in this block. When the draw came out, we all and draws are dangerous, aren't they? To look at them, particularly before the season started, and say, "Well, that's 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 a nice draw," but that's what we had with Adelaide. So they're always going to be difficult to beat at home. They they get twelve games there before they start. So so there you go. A couple of those were a showdown, which are tough. I would still love more of an injection of youth in Adelaide. I mean, where's Gallucci? Gallucci kicked four goals in round twenty three last year, and I thought this kid picked thirteen in the draft from a few years ago is ready to go. Uh, Richard Douglas gets injured. He's the exact player Richard Douglas is. So I'd love some more youth into the lineup. Jones has been given a chance and looks okay. Apart from that, Miller is 21. Where's the next young star coming from Adelaide? Duda is, is a good young player, but he's out for a year. So I think there's still some room to inject some youth and some enthusiasm, like Collingwood have done with Stevenson, like Port Adelaide did last week. So I think there's still... Uh, an area that, that they can improve. But, I mean, they're, they're going to be tough to beat, particularly at home. And, and as we said, their next, what, nine weeks is, is pretty favourable and gives them a great opportunity to turn at the halfway point of the year. I don't know, um, nine and two or even eight and three um, would be a pretty good position to be in. Did you lose your mind, Kane, when the first double 50 was paid? I I can't stand it. I, I just, <laughs> I know it's so polarising, this issue. Um, and we'll ask John Longmire about it. Uh, it must be frustrating in the box. But w- what I can't stand is the player that receives the 50 now goes searching for another 50. So they're looking for an opposition player to run into and try and milk another, an, an, another 50-metre penalty. Nothing worse in our game than... And divers and floppers, we know that. Uh, I was criticised for that for my career, so I know it well. Well, Kane, would you would you have raced the man on the mark? Absolutely, you, a- absolutely, <laughs> I would have, Bob, because, because we want to win. It's not, a stre- it's not a stretch for me to imagine that. But didn't we but get? I'll, I'll say, didn't we get two case studies? We're uh, all watching, going, Colin, Colin, uh, Colin, uh, mate. I thought when he, uh, I thought when he tackled him the third time, it was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? And then what? when Jared McVeigh went searching for the next done. one, that's they the one, Jared. Yeah, no. but the umpires umpired that brilliantly. As soon as McVeigh came off his line to search for the 50, he called him to play on. It was a superb piece of umpire, mm. and he ran at the Adelaide player to try to draw an extra 50, and the ump said, well, you left your line. Play on, mate. I, I hate this rule, and I hate what players are doing, but when Connor, uh, Colin tackled him for the third time, and I thought, <laughs> and, and even if you watch the vision again, Jared McVeigh goes crazy. He says, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> Killing us here. I think they should have paid 150. That was the height. <laughs> that was the height of stupidity. What went on then for we a need 30 a ban- seconds? We need a ban. We need a reward or something. Oh. If someone can knock out a 150 penalty, <laughs> it should have been 150. <laughs> <laughs> it was I guess, ridiculous. I guess my frustration is I, I hated the 50-metre penalty in the first place. I think that's too severe a penalty. And if you look at the indiscretion in the first place against Jones, I didn't think it was a 50 anyway. So to, to then chuck on another 50 is, is a frustration. And if it, I don't know, if it costs someone a big game, I don't know. I bet you the umpires put that whistle away and that rule away when it does get tired and the stakes are risen. Can I say, in a serious sense, 11 games in, the umpires have had a very slow start. 
haven't they, Kenny? A very oh. slow start. I mean, there's been some horrendous calls missed in big moments of big games. Last night, Reed was yeah. was assaulted at the top of the goal mauled. square. Would have brought it back to 10 points. Goes down the other end. Goal to Adelaide out to 22. Game over. Now, you can say that oh, this is the free kick count. These are the numbers. It's not the numbers. It's the, it's the ones that necessarily... Mm. Yeah, influence the scoreboard, and I think they've had a really poor start of the year, and we, we hope they correct. All right, and let's... it's not the numbers either, because I, you know, you could easily look at Thursday night game and look at the discrepancy um, against Richmond, but there was equally poor decisions going both way. One early against Cox that I didn't think was there in the marking contest cost Collingwood a goal. Up the other end, Lynch got a soft one. You know, the Edwards free kick after uh, just on half time. How do you miss that? You've paid the free kick for a tackle. How can you get the recipient wrong? Um, so, so you're right. I think it's been really sloppy. You can run all this past John Longmire in a moment, Kane. You've got the double 50 duty. I'm sure you'll carry it with distinction. <laughs> this is crunch time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration. It continues with great offers until March 31. Search Honda 50 for details and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Up next on Crunch Time, Sydney coach John Longmire. We're going to have Tom Lynch join us from the Crows shortly, but let's start with John Longmire, the Swans coach. They're zero and two. John, good morning and welcome to Crunch Time. Good to be here. What have you taken out of last night initially? Uh, well, we uh, improved on our midfield effort from the week before. We were absolutely smashed around the ball the week before against the Doggies and uh, we're better at that. Um, the ground balls uh, had more inside 50s than Adelaide, but our execution was was poor except for really the, the second quarter. So, um, you know, we've got to get that, that part of the game right. We've got one part of the game a bit better, but uh, you need to make sure you get the, with the ball in use, ball in hands, that part of the game is better than what we did last night. Was it was it frustrating? It felt like every now and then you you were on the brink of being right there to challenge. Yeah, yeah. And look, it, um, you know, we got there at, you know, just before half time. Our second quarter, I think we had nine shots of goal, kicked five goals and, and you start to think we we starting to play the sort of footy we want to play, and then uh, and just slip back again with the execution in the in the third third term, and um, and really couldn't get back into it. So um, yeah, it's not not ideal. We just got to keep working on it. We make it a lot of uh, zero two horse, and it's a, it's not a great spot to be, obviously. And we talk a lot about the teams that uh, really can't make the finals from here. You guys have been there multiple times and found a way to recover. What what sort of language? You know, let us in-house a little bit. What sort of language do you go with now? Do you talk about results? Do you talk about just simply what's working or maintaining belief? How do you how do you find that balance? Yeah, I mean, you, you just got to just go about the areas in the game you need to get right. And um, it's not about the results. It, it, it never is in regards to getting the process right. It's just about making sure we fix the areas of the game we need to be more consistent at. And we've shown bits and pieces here and there, but we haven't been consistent at it for four quarters. Um, last night, uh, whilst we got a lot more, oh, we, we certainly got more inside 50s uh, than Adelaide. We didn't use the ball well. We didn't um, execute with the with the type of football that we like to play. So there's parts of the game that you focus on. You don't tend to get worried about the or focus too much on the result. We look at uh, the scoring profiles all the time, and it's an easy out to sort of say that. Um the Swans aren't scoring as heavily as what you'd probably like, and, and again, that was the case last night. Is it a matter of, is it a matter of ball movement? Is it a matter of uh, being able to cash in on your inside fifties? What, what do you put it down to, or give us an idea of what you're thinking? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's always not one thing; it's always a couple of things, and um, you know, we're not we're not getting the, the easiest shots at goal, and, the, 
and and that's a, that's a bit about our ball movement, a bit about our, our uh, where our personnel are running. It's just you know, it's just about making sure when you get those opportunities, when you're going forward, to be able to kick a kick a, a so-called easier goal, that you make the most of those opportunities. And um, you know, we kicked eight goals, fourteen last night. Um, and uh, you know, we've got to reverse it. We, we just need to be able to get those easier goals um, through a bit more fluid uh, ball movement. John, will you seek clarification from the umpires? Free kicks, 11 discrepancy, I think it was, and particularly late, the one that wasn't paid against Reed when you had some momentum and you were coming late in the last quarter? Oh, there's a couple there. Um, you know, we, we gave a lot of, uh, I think it was sort of 15 to 27 free kicks, um, but there was a few that were there around the scramble, around the stoppages in particular, but uh, there was a couple there that we were... We're a bit unsure of, and um, and it's about where they are and when they are that you'd like to be able to cash in and, and make the most of those opportunities to get a bit of momentum, particularly when you're trying to call yourself away, call yourself back into the game. But um, you know, we'll probably speak to them during the week. But um, there's not a lot you can do about it now. That game's gone. There's not a lot you can do about the the new hundred meter penalty rule either. But um, just from a, a neutral observer, your thoughts on on the new rule because it cost you one last night. Yeah, I mean we, I mean we just made a mistake. Uh, Colin just made a mistake with that. So um, um, that was that was what happened. It was a goal, cost us a goal, but um, it just made a blue. I mean, that's the rules you got to play by them and adjust to them. Did you um, find that amusing in the box, John, as much as what we did watching the uh, television? What's that, King? The, the, the hundred meter penalty. Well, I thought the thought that he was going to tackle him three times as though as though doing the second fifty meter penalty. How, how does that happen? I mean, we've had a lot of discussions in here about whether the players should be aware of that rule or whether that rule is a little bit unforgiving. Well, I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, we we discuss it as as, as, a, as players and coaches to be able to understand what you need to be able to get out of that area, and so it is. That's the rule. I mean, whether I agree with it or not, there's not a lot of leeway to it. I'm not sure what it was brought in for in regards to that. I don't think it was a big issue in the first place, but um, that, that's the rule. And so you need to adjust to it, and we didn't adjust to it last night and gave away 100 metre penalty. John, Bob here. I'm just curious how, how, the, how the leaders of, of your group are, are holding up. You had a slow start a couple of years ago where you lost um, you know, a number of games at the start of the season. We're not at that stage yet, but... Do you think that that will be referenced at all about how, how that playing group got themselves out of it in 2017? Yeah, I mean, those just going. I mean, our blokes have you know had some tough challenges in the past and been able to get themselves going. So we've got enormous faith in them to be able to do that. I mean, zero two, not an ideal start, but it's two games in a row, and in the middle of the year, it's not taking as much notice just because of the start. It, it sort of highlighted a bit more, but. Um, we we've been in a situation where we've lost a couple of games at the start of the year before, and we've been able to um, work our way through it. And um, leaders in particular have been able to maintain the faith and get themselves going. So you know, we're confident that'll happen. The media and 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 footy clubs, we we do tend to dissect losses uh, more so than the wins. But with with the training, the sort of compromised training setup you've got up there at the moment, does it? Do you think that has any effect, or you, you just dismiss that? Ah, oh, we, we can't do anything about it. We don't have any any control over that. It, it is what it is. So we um, we we get on with it. Um, you know, that's just part of what we've what we've had for a few years, and um, we know that probably as of the middle of this year, it'll change, and we'll be able to have an elite training venue. Um, we've, we've had our challenges for the last few years in regards to that, but um, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel in in regards to elite training venues, and, and we're certainly heading down that path very quickly, which is great for a footy club. 
How is how are you seeing the transition of this midfield? John, I thought Papley was really good at centre bounces last night. Maybe Heaney and, and, and Mills' opportunities aren't as fruitful at the minute and you probably need them in other areas, to be honest. But how are you seeing this midfield evolve from what we've known over the you know the previous five to ten years? Yeah, it's, it's, I think Josh, Josh was pretty good last night. I mean, he probably had a quiet one up to his standards for the first week, but he was pretty good last night. Yeah. Um, Ollie Florent, uh, those guys coming through, Harry and Cunningham, um, uh, Harry's been okay so far this year. Ollie's just working his way back into a bit of form. So there's, there's a number of blokes coming through that midfield. Isaac was um, positioned a bit more forward last night. He's had a bit of a sore ankle since the JLT too. And uh, we never come on down back last night just because of... Um, his Sunday's withdrawal, and, and um, I mean, those boys at both ends of the ground are usually pretty good at it. I mean, we got more inside 50s last night in our opposition. We just didn't use the ball very well, and sometimes you just got to make sure you identify what the actual cause was. Do you think the, we, do you think, sorry, Kane, do you think we go too hard on reviews of, of players not knowing the physical ailments they're carrying in? I think that, you know, we're all probably looking at Franklin's had an impact at pre season. Uh, we don't know the fitness of some of the guys you're just touching on there. I mean, how how far up against it are you at the moment with the impact on, on players that are having to, to front up for you? No, we're okay, Kingy. I mean, you're like every team. You, you have those challenges every week. So, no, that's, that's, got, that's got nothing to do with it. I mean, that's just uh, part and parcel of the game. So, um, uh, you, you get on with the job. Every team has those challenges every week. So, we're no different really to any other team in that regard. Franklin looked uh, much sharper last night. Horse, have you got the routine down with how you prepare him now? There was a lot spoken last year about his lack of training, same this year in an interrupted pre-season. Um, yep. Are you managing him okay now? And is there light at the end of the tunnel with, with his body? Yeah, look, he's um, he, he's been training for about four weeks before round one. Uh, was able to get himself in pretty good nick, um, even though it was a limited preparation. He didn't play any games before round one. And then last week coming off, going on a six-day break, uh, we weren't sure whether he trained at all, but he was able to train during the week, which is a good sign, and uh, and play huge minutes and look a lot freer last night and really contribute to us. So uh, we're going to an eight-day break next week and we expect the training to, to increase. Um, that's what we'd like to happen. It's certainly best when, when a, you know, he's out there training with us, not only for him, but for the rest of the team as well. So um, getting used to him in, in the forward part of the ground, obviously, is a very important part of it. And... So far, he's been able to pull up well from games, which is a really good sign. Did you like what you saw with him last night? He did have a few moments. <laughs> yeah, he had the, he had the uh, those long bombs. <laughs> when he was when he was kicking freely like he was last night a couple of times, you know he's feeling good about himself, and uh, he was able to let loose a couple of big ones from uh, from 50, 60 metres out last night. And now we, we're really pleased with what, how he's going. He just needs to be able to keep improving and, and keep playing and training to standards that we know he can do. And, now, he's such an important part, but he's not the only part of the team as well. John, wh- why did you come to the bench to coach for periods last night? I did it a few times during the course of the pre-season. So I went down there quite a, quite a number of times and got a different perspective. It's obviously a bit different with the runners not being able to use it at the moment. And uh, so I went down there a couple, last night again for the first quarter. I planned actually to do it early, then come back in the box. And that's what I did. I think you need to have a bit of flexibility with that. Um, go down there when you need to and come back up and, and that's, what, that's what I did. What's the gains and what do you give up by being down there? Uh, you don't, certainly don't get to see the game as well. Um, it, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's uh, a little bit more difficult, obviously, to see your shape, offensive and defensive shape. 
Um, but obviously you're able to speak to the players face-to-face. So, you know, it's, it has its pluses and minuses, but you, I think at different times you do have the flexibility about to do what you need to do and what you see fit. So is that specifically rate, uh, related to the change in the runner? Uh, well, yeah, it's more related to that. Um, one of the areas that, um, that we need to make sure we keep adjusting to and, um, and just, you know, just seeing what's happening out in the ground and, and getting that message across to the players is very important. Do you actually like being down there or is it just what's required at times? I think it's just what's required at times. You've just got to have the flexibility to be able to do it. Um, and I mean, I'm not the only one. This thing, obviously, I, I don't, haven't done it a lot over the years. I've done it this year um, a few times, but you know, a number of coaches obviously go up and down. Damien Hardwick did it the other night, and you do what you need to do at the time. You lose one of your defensive mechanisms when you go down to the to the bench. You can't cover your mouth as effectively <laughs> when you're giving feedback uh, to the players and, and the and the umpires, which, which is a, seems to be a bit of a frustration across the competition at the moment. The umpire, I know you don't want to talk specifically um, about decisions that are made or not made, John, but there is a bit of confusion around. There seems to be a little bit of confusion whether it's players or coaches or there's just a, there's just a a hint of of um, anger and tension at the moment. Is that fair to say? Um, well, there is when you lose. Uh, <laughs> you get a, you're not too happy when you lose. You get a little bit more anger and tension when you lose. King. But, um, look, I, I think there's going to be a period of adjustment with the new rules. Um, they've made some big changes at AFL headquarters in regards to the umpiring. There's been some huge changes there. And um, we've been talked through that, and we think in the long term it's, it's going to really benefit the, that part of the game. It's such an important part that needs to be resourced. And uh, it looks like it's finally happening. And I think it's been a bit overdue, to be honest. And so we'd expect those changes to be able to be implemented, which they have been improvements to be made over, over the coming year and years. I think they're moving in the right direction. What was your coming into the season, John? So zero two, put that to the side. Did, did you feel like this year was going to offer um, challenges, different challenges to what you've experienced? And... I guess the outside question was, was this the year that you would take the backward step that people have been sweating on for years? Uh, well, we, we didn't plan on taking, we still don't. We're taking a, taking a backward step. It's still running two games in. But we we understand we, we're bringing new players into our team and it's not going to be always an upwards and onwards trajectory that those players will be on. So um, they're playing significant roles for us. I'm out uh, this morning actually watching our reserves. We've got some really good young players coming through here as well. So... It's not going to be always um, upwards and uh, continuing to improve. There's going to be some time, sometimes some players going in and out of form when they're particularly when they're young, and um, and we'll see a bit of that. But at the same time, we want to make sure we're still competitive, and you know, we're absolutely the foremost of our minds to still be competitive every week. Can I just refer you back to Alistair Clarkson? Twenty seventeen says they have to have they had to have that year. To, he called it recalibrate. He thought they may have been mm. able to maybe finish seventh or eighth, but what was the point? If they weren't there to win the premiership, reset, recalibrate was the word he chose, and then set sail in 2018 and beyond, and you can see where he's gone. Will there, would there ever be a point where you recalibrate? Uh, we're trying to recalibrate all the time. Can you, yeah. we're, um, um, you know, if you look at the fact that over the last three years, our debutants have played 80 more games than any other team in the competition. And so that's happened over the last three years. And um, we've played a significant amount of young players in, in key roles for us over the last over that period of time. So 
um, we're going through that phase and we're, we're, hand, we're not handing those games to players. We're, we're making sure those players are, are playing key roles for us. And whilst they're coming through, it'll have its ups and downs. And um, call it recalibrate or whatever you like. But you know, at, the, at the same time, you know, we're still trying to be competitive every week. And we think that teaches them good habits as well. So that process is, is being going and it will continue to be ongoing. John, we really appreciate your time this morning. Good luck for what's to come. No worries. Thanks, guys. John Longmire, the Sydney coach, with us on Crunch Time. We'll dissect some of that straight after 12 with the takeouts. Tom Lynch is about to join us from the Crows. It's Crunch Time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration. Continues with great offers until March 31. Search Honda 50 for details and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Crunch time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues with great offers until March 31. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. How good can Jordan Degoe be? How troubling was Thursday night for Richmond? We'll answer and pose those questions in the crunch with David King, Kane Corns, Bob Murphy and Jared Waitley with you on Crunch Time. Russell Barwick from Unibet. by punters, four punters. Russ, hello. Hello to you, Jared, and good afternoon to the boys, and apologies for the doors closing and the train in the background. Just on the way to Rose Hill Gardens, we'll get that shortly, but let's talk about the footy, and uh, I can't believe they are short, at least this short. The Bombers, if you watched last week, you wouldn't want to touch them with a barge pole, but $1.32 if you're keen, they're getting uh, St Kilda, or giving St Kilda 21.5 start. The Saints, $3.40, a lot weren't impressed about them last week, but they do have some support because of the Bombers' woeful performance last week. And in the other games, no surprise, Port Adelaide very short, $1.16. The Blues, $5.25, and you can cop 33.5 start if you're a Carlton fan. Now, I spoke about the um, races this afternoon. The Unibet guaranteed two best prices on any horses this weekend. We're going with Bellevue Hill, the two-year-old in the first. Odds on everywhere else, you can get $2.20, unibet.com.au, and very elegant. In the Group 1 binary, she's headed to the Oaks. She's $2.40 if you go to the website, unibet.com.au. All the AFL, the NRL, the footy fill-ups are there as well. But always remember, enjoy the sport. Jared, have a great call and gamble responsibly. Good on you, Russ. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Lynch had time to line it up and he shows everyone else exactly how to do it. It's a goal for Tom Lynch and the Adelaide Crows, and they are all precious tonight. Tom Lynch with uh, an inspired moment last night. The Crows got the points, 26-point victors over the Swans, and Tom's with us on Crunch Time. Welcome, Tom. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. How important was that after, um, after the hiccup in round one? Yeah, certainly. We uh, obviously were really disappointed about how we uh, we played in round one, and um, you know the build up to that obviously is a is a long one. And um, you know it was probably the best thing for us as we had a six day break and we're able to get up on the on the plane and and uh, and get stuck into it this or you know last night. So you know they're always a tough opponent, especially up here the Swans. So we certainly, as you know, what you just said, had our work cut out, and it was, uh, it was a hard fought win. I'm interested in, in leadership groups, Tom, and, and last week I thought probably out of your leadership group it was probably only Sloan, Walker and Matt Crouch. Sorry, not Walker, Sloan, Matt Crouch that could put their hand up. Douglas, yourself, Talia, Tex and Jenkins were quiet last week, but the response was strong. 
What was the discussion amongst your group um, after the Hawthorne game last week? Yeah, we missed many there. We, um, yeah, we obviously were, you know, I think overall we're, we're disappointed in certainly what we dished up. I mean, we're, we're certainly a team, um, you know, of weight of numbers and um, we've obviously got a lot of, um, you know, really good players, as, as you just mentioned. But um, cer- certainly when we have, uh, you know, 15, 16 guys, you know, perform at their best, um, you know, we're, we're going to get, a re- you know, close to getting a result. But, um, you know, it's certainly a weight of numbers, um, you know, game for us. And, and last night I thought we had an even contribution um, from everyone. Everyone just played their role and, and the results will care of itself. Do you meet as a leadership group, though, after a performance like last week and you di- do you dissect each other's performance and give each other feedback? Oh yeah, we meet every week, um, um, and you know we, we run through what we what we think we did well and what we think we need to improve on. But um, you know we, I, I'm not too sure what, what you're alluding to here, but um, you know we we were probably just below our, our best, and um, you know the result showed. Now, I'm not just talking about when, when your leaders perform well, you're very hard to beat. Now goalless yourself, Walker and Jenkins last week, but. That doesn't happen very often. I thought you returned to form last night, particularly Tex and Jenkins was strong in the ruck and, and you hit the scoreboard yourself. So that's what I'm more getting at. Also, Hawthorne's ability to mark the footy last week and intercept the ball. What what adjustments did you make to your game style heading into last night? Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. You know, they were fantastic at being able to, um, you know, just roll off and, and, and support airily for, for their other defenders. Um, you know, with the, with the new 666, it's, you know, most of the most of the back six are holding their integrity back there, so it's um, it's important as forwards, especially high half forwards. You don't just drift up the ground. You hold your you hold your positioning, and and, um, and and you know when when the ball's ready to be entered in, you're you're not getting sucked up or too short on the ball. So um, you know, we last night we obviously had a bit of a focus to make sure we stay engaged with our man, but you know, Sydney are very much a back shoulder team, so um, you know that was the way the game was played, but. And certainly, you know, our small our small forwards did a fantastic job with that last night, keeping their men engaged. Tom, Bob here. Congratulations on the win last night. Uh, you, you go into, you know, an experienced side like yourselves, you must go into every game reasonably confident. But did you ever sense that the Swans were vulnerable last night in the in the lead-up to the game? Uh, thanks, thanks very much, Bob. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too sure. I mean, they um, have such a quality outfit. And we do our opposition, obviously, analysis and... They're as good as ever. You know, you look at the Swans, they're, they're, they've got a really well-balanced team. Um, you know, they can hurt you in many ways. But, you know, we knew that they were, we would have been disappointed. Um, you know, they talked spoke about the contested ball loss from last week against the Dogs, and they would have been ready to come out and fire. And they certainly did that. It was a, it was a really hard-fought win. The goals were hard to come by. Um, and uh, it was just a, when it was your turn to have some momentum last night, you really had to capitalise. So, um yeah, it's just it's just one of those nights where we had to we had to fight when it was our time, and uh, eventually it, it opened up for us. Tom's first season and, and second game with the co-captains. Can you give me a tangible example of of how that's changed the feel on the field or inside the club? Yeah, I don't think it's really changed at all. Um, you know, we did, we didn't ask we didn't ask Sloney to be you know anything anything that he's already not, and and Texas certainly hasn't changed and, and, and ever will. But um, and we've got a number of great quality leaders at our club, um, you know, those two in particular, but um, a lot of guys, are, um, you know, certainly lead by example, especially out in the field. So uh, we didn't ask those guys to change at all, but, um, you know, there's certainly, uh, 
they're certainly two very quality players and, and great leaders of our footy club. Tom, well done on last night. I think um, it'll be undersold the fact you've gone to Sydney, had, scored 88 points, probably could have scored 110, missed a lot of easy opportunities, which is, you know, you can get one week and not the next. But I thought the performance of the group was very even. I mean, your, your highest possession winners are the Crouch boys with 24 and 26. They've been having... Thirties and you know high thirties and, and yeah. low forties the last you know twenty weeks of their career and you, you didn't really bottom out. There was there was only two or three that didn't have their best night, but no one really bottomed out. It was a really solid even performance. Yeah, you're right, King. I mean, it was um, you know when we when we when we have that even contribution, that's when we probably play our best football. Um, you know those those guys in the midfield, obviously, uh, you know they're playing fantastic and. And we're, we probably just didn't overuse the ball last night and probably reflected in, in the numbers. Um, you know, we're able to get it in forward and, and get it to those one-on-ones. But, um, you know, everyone just you know, played their role. And, um, you know, it's always a tough win coming up here. So, um, you know, really proud of the boys. But, um, you know, it doesn't, we're, we're five days now until we've got to run up for our next game. So, um, you know, the boys are pretty confident now. And, um, you know, they're, they're always hard wins up here. Can I ask you about winning interstate? And maybe yep. it's changed over the last few years. But given, yeah, you know, we're not going to talk about the past. But given the year that was last year, in a lot of ways, you're a broken football club. To to win on the road early this year for the ability to get you know around the group together for a two or three hour period after a game and just just shoot the breeze, just reunite and have that that shared experience again. How important and and what did you take from it? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's a little bit different. I think um, you know we're, we're on. The, we we know we're on the road every second week, um, so we you know, we we have to make sure we we enjoy it, I suppose. But um, you know, the boys are. Um, I mean, this is as close a group as I've um, been a part of. Um, you know, we've we've been through a lot together, but we've also um, you know we're all around a similar age um, demographic, and we're we're, uh, we're all very close friends. So um, we certainly enjoy each other's success and. Um, especially going into state, it's um, no better opportunity than getting away together and, and getting a result like we did last night. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're the good best feelings in, in footy when you go into state and you're in the hotel room after the game having a feed. And, um, you know, it was a it was a great you know energy in the rooms after the game. Tom, well done. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Collingwood resoundingly over Richmond and the Crows get their season underway with a win in Sydney against the Swans. That's the evidence before us from round two thus far and we'll cast an eye forward as well, particularly into the twilight, Essendon and St Kilda. The Bombers have been filleted throughout the week. What represents an appropriate response to get their season back on track. Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy, David King, Kane Corns with you on Crunch Time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues with great offers until March 31. Search Honda 50 for details and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. The three key takeaways from last night. Let's start with Swans coach John Longmire. You know, if you look at the fact that over the last three years, our debutants have played 80 more games than any other team in the competition. And so that's happened over the last three years. We've played a significant amount of young players in, in key roles for us over the last over that period of time. So we're going through that phase and we're, we're hand, not handing those games to players. We're, we're making sure those players are, are playing key roles for us. And whilst they're coming through, it'll have its ups and downs. Call it recalibrate or whatever you like, but, you know, it's a at the same time, 
you know, we're still trying to be competitive every week. And we think that teaches them good habits as well. So that process is, is being going and it will continue to be ongoing. What do you want to call it, David King? Nervous talking to John. I used a big word to recalibrate. I thought this will get me off to a good start with it, John. <laughs> I wasn't real happy. Uh, but he's right. They have, they have been changing their team on the run. Sometimes when you evolve in front of the world, you're going to go through some fluctuations in form. Their biggest problem at the moment is they've lost five of their last six at the SCG. So if you can't win at home, it gets very difficult to, to bank your 13 wins to so make finals. Lose intimidation factor too of you know sides you know, that they, they, they don't mind going there now. You had them in the 6 to 10 bracket. Yeah. That, that was how you were going to assess them. Would you actually downgrade them after a couple? Yeah, I think you have to. I think given how close that area of the ladder is going to be, you know, um, you see what Collingwood are doing. You know Richmond are going to be there. I'm starting to lose a fraction of trust with Sydney that they're, they're a bankable commodity week in, week out because they are a little bit younger than what we've experienced over the past and they've lost that, that home ground advantage. Kane, top four for the Crows. Are they worthy of those lofty predictions? I think so. I mean, it's it is early, isn't it? And we, I, I had them in top four before the start of the year. I don't think anything I've seen changes that. Duda is a massive loss, of course. But look, I, I think they're a pretty even side. If you've spoken about Kingy, I think they cover all the bases. Um, um, Jacobs is a strong ruckman. They've got O'Brien to back him up if they need to. I, I would just like to see some youth, inject some enthusiasm into that side, but. It'd be very hard to beat at home. We speak it uh, about Sydney. I know Adelaide lost in, in round one at home, but they're going to win, you know, 80, 75, 80% of their games at home. So, look, their draw is is comfortable. Um, I think we'll see them finish top four, how far they can go in the finals. Uh, not sure whether they're as classy and, and whether they're as dynamic as, as the likes of, of Melbourne, which they will be, of, of Collingwood, who we saw just uh, on fire on Thursday night. But I think they'll be around the mark. Bob, what do you want to throw up as a takeaway? Well, there's just some – you like your metrics, David, but last night we had a perfect storm of five captains out on the field. So yes. just by my quick calculation, Adelaide have th- Adelaide have two captains yep. and the Swans have three and the Crows one. So imagine how much they would have belted them if they only had the one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with those figures. I'm not arguing. <laughs> you look – Recalibrate. I'm still recalibrating. <laughs> so straw poll um, – the goal of the week is going to come from last night. Is it Seedsman's Torpedo or is it Buddy's – I presume that's a rescue, isn't it? That, that's how you hit a rescue. Yeah. Keep it low. Drive it into yeah. the breeze. So, Kingy, oh, Seedsman I'm, or Franklin? No, I'm the torpedo. It's, it's, a, it's a forgotten skill. Kane? I'm definitely the top. It's one of the great uh, things to watch in footy, particularly uh, late in a quarter, the momentum you get from it. So bring back the top. Bob? Seedsman's goal of the week, but Buddy's is more iconic. So you just try to confuse people, don't you? What do you mean? Just let, David, just let me be me. One, the, one well, the, the question no, was initially, no, I, and it I wasn't refuse. put to me. I refuse. <laughs> goal of the week. The question of goal of the week. Mate, that wasn't the question I was in, initially asked. 30 seconds prior to that, you're bouncing with metrics, <laughs> and now you're going to, oh, this is iconic and that's... Go all the way. This is agile leadership. They're, they're actually there's a switch of logic to that because Franklin's could be top three in goal of the year contention, but Seedsman's wouldn't be just because of the prejudice we seem to have about the set shot. What the set the buddy's set shot was was unbelievable. 
Mm. There were some good goals. Josh Jenkins' goal was a ripper as well. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've actually had a great start here. Jordan Degoe, some of his work. Shall we? Let's oh, go back please. to Thursday night and please. Jordan Degoe's work. Phillips sets up the kick. The oh! He flew early and he stayed up and takes the mark. And the Collingwood fans mirror that by standing up. He's played on, he's turned around, and he's kept off a magnificent bit of play by screwing through a goal. The marking and kicking skills of Jordan Degoey. Now that was a moment. We talked about him at the start of the year um, with you on the Monday mornings and sort of said that this guy can be in the, in the best three or four players in the competition over the next couple of years. What he's doing just as a full forward alone he hasn't been released into the midfield yet because they've got they've got ample midfielders at the moment. But we're just seeing we're just seeing the very start or the very edges of what this guy's got. I just cannot wait till they release him into the guts. We saw it once last year against Melbourne. He had thirty odd touches and a dozen inside fifties. He is a freak talent. Sometimes should a, they, Kingy? So, sorry, but should no, no, they release him this year? Or with Adam still to come back in, Hoskin Elliott's got to find his way onto the wing somewhere. Um, should they? Is it the right thing for the team to put him in the midfield? I know he wants to. He's spoken about it when he gets fitter. But I'm leaving him forward. Elliott, Cox and Dugowie, with the midfield that they've got, try stopping that. Well, the simple question is they've got other players to perform the midfield function, but they haven't got another Dugowie to replace him forward. So... He stays there and just continues to impact the scoreboard and become a, a hell of a matchup, Bob. I don't know. I don't no, know what that's, sort of. That's what I think about opposition. Yeah. You know, the, the opposition analysis meeting during the week, and if your your magnets next to Dugowie in the in the, in the goal square, yeah. you're, not, you're not getting great sleep for the next couple of days. But what's what's the scope for this guy? Is, I mean, so he he's can a hard be one to judge. He can be the most electrifying player in the game. So Franklin has held that billing for a long time and he's not ready to release it just yet. Still, Rioli was that. Eddie Betts has had his moment when he was that. I think to go is the two seed and he'll challenge if he can do that week on week because every time the ball goes near him, there's a, a tremor, there's a ripple that runs through the crowd and there's a possibility which runs across the game. Where do you have him, King? Do, is well, it dust, do you think he could be in that Dustin Martin ilk? Absolutely. I wonder where the All-Australian panel have got the balls to name him All-Australian full forward because that's the function he plays. That's the role he plays. But you, you notionally think that a, that a six foot six guy is going to be there. Getting back to your metrics, you think that the size I'm going to run the numbers on this. Run the numbers on <laughs> but, but I mean, that, that's the sort of player that he is. That's yeah. the sort of talent he is. And I mean, imagine when, so he and Elliot have a bit to work out. Yeah. I think they got in each other's way repeatedly on Thursday night as Gary Lyon had a pretty good description of the way all of that unfolded. Um, so once they work out their synergy up front is they, they do represent a, a different challenge to almost any other structure. Jared, on your show yesterday, I would have had maybe 15 text messages uh, comparing him to Gary Ablett. Now we've, we get, it's dangerous doing that. I think Jake Stringer at one point was, was had the same um, uh, likeness to Gary Ablett, but from what you saw fr- from Gary Ablett, um, is there similarities there? Uh, there might be. I, I think as the years go by, we downgrade what Gary Ablett Senior was. Is um, he's in a, a category completely of his own to me? Is it, I like it when Lee Matthews said on Buddy Franklin's best day, he's the equivalent of Gary Ablett's standard mm. day. And I think mm. there's a truth to that. But so, but put that to the side. I think 
I think as the year unfolds, he will challenge Franklin in that electrifying um, category. And, and it's a, f- a full club success story, isn't it, really? Mm. With, with what he's had to go through and how they've handled yeah. him, a lot of tough love and credit to the kid. We, we give all the credit to Jordan Dugowie, but, God, there was some tough love given from the you know, fellow leadership group and and the hierarchy at Collingwood. And what about turning your back on five million bucks as well for for a twenty two year old who's got a club that wants him? He's going to pay him a million dollars a year. Over you laughed five at that, though, Kane. You you, you, you can't uh, have absolutely. It. You laughed uh, at that, and now that would be an absolute bargain for the Kangaroos. I'm not sure it's a bargain yet. Two games in. Uh, two there's, games. There's, uh, well, it's two games in to to the to what would have been a five year deal. So we got to, you got to judge that in in the course of time. But I, what I'm uh, lauding the kid for is to turn your back on that as a twenty two year old. With the trouble that he had at Collingwood, his own doing, um, was a sign of maturity. And, and you're right, probably in two years when he comes out of contract or when he renegotiates at the end of this year, he will get more than that. But let's just wait and see. If you were at the Kangaroos and you could sign this kid right now for a million a year for five years, you'd do it in a heartbeat. I just want to know who the Kangaroos are targeting next because they have been that the in terms of a stock which soars from the mm. moment North Melbourne slapped their bid on the table, yeah. they, they're batting a hundred. They're going to get done for insider trading, Jared. That's what's <laughs> going to happen. I hope that's right. I hope they're buying stocks while they're missing out on players because their their judgment, which I think has sort of had people going, what? their judgment spot on their futures markets. I wrote an article in the Herald Sun and it was off the back of the champion data ratings. Use metrics, Bob. Just get back on board I've the metrics. I've got the calculator out. At 22 years of age, you get evidence. You get an idea of what the talent is likely to become. And we're talking about guys that burst through the, the above-average stratosphere and go to past the elite, in that top 2 or 3% of the competition. And then at 24, they, they realise that talent and they hold that for a block of up to up to 10 years for some players. And Burma Harvey probably 15 years. Yeah. But you, you get the best of them 24 to 30, but you see it at 22. And I think that's what the Kangaroos isolate early. At 21, 22 years of age, they say, that's the guy that's going next level. Mm. Let's throw the world at him. I want to see that whiteboard. Yeah. This is the crunch for Scooty, the best way to get around town. Kane, when the tribunal sits on Tuesday nights and judges the Mason Cox case, Colin would go in and plead not guilty, as they will. What should happen? Oh, it should go, they should should take him about two minutes to let him off. I, I I can't believe that he got a week for that. Are we talking about you cannot make any contact with a player now? You can't get penalised for being a big guy. Now, Grimes went down. I'm not sure how seriously he was hurt. He was certainly up within a minute contesting the next contest. But that's as poor a decision as I've seen from, from a match review panel in a long, long time. And if we're suspending guys for acts like that, um, what's our game come to? There's a couple of elements to it is one that the new strict liability around the bump is if you make high contact and cause damage you're strictly liable for it Grimes did leave the ground and, and didn't come back now it, it's late in the last quarter but he didn't come back on and then the medical report I'm pretty sure will allude to a, at least a concussion test which was being run that the central point I, I don't want to sort of back over um, from last night but it's just not a reportable incident so before you get to all the categorizations and before concussion becomes a factor, uh, that's not a reportable incident. This is the argument I continue to have with you, is that don't you penalise or report the action, not the medical report. It can be upgraded after a, medic, a bad medical report comes in. Actually, it turns out this guy now has a broken jaw. Okay, elevate the charge. But don't find the charge 
waiting for the medical report on the back of that on the back of that alone. So I think we've lost our way here, and we've had a, a, a horrible start with umpiring the first two weeks. And Chris O is just just shaking off the the Christmas um, turkey, I think, and had a couple of uh, rough weeks. This is a poor start. When you can sit back and make calculated decisions, this is a poor start. Given what we we were told with the punch in round one, and that just that just dissipated so quickly, and we've we've had a complete reversal. It's almost like an angry um, rebuttal to to give these two guys a week. I'm comfortable with the. The, the, the Grimes. Grimes with a forearm mm. always mm. going to be a suspension. Comfortable with Bad that. luck to you. Yep. Um, so the, this the, is the, cold the, wrong. the body check or the bump. So Stephen May and Liam Jones Jonas. both get cited. Yeah. It's, th- this is just not that. No. Is th- they, you know, I could make the case that they just meandered into each other uh, as opposed to any sort of forceful or deliberate act. In terms of did... So the way the wording works in these things is, did Mason Cox intentionally set out to make, to commit an act with high contact and thus be reportable? I just won't have that. Can they, can they throw it out? Can they throw can it they out? Throw well, it they out. can overturn it. No, but can they throw it out before it even wastes anyone's time? No, going? no, because at the moment it's, the charge is guilty. So you have to go in and beat the charge. So Collingwood, the onus is on Collingwood to go in and argue one of two things, either one it's not a reportable incident, and two, it's not intentional, even if it is a reportable incident. And then if you wanted to, your three-man tribunal could could um, contemplate for sort of 30 seconds and really make a statement yeah. if they wanted to. I sort of hope they don't do that. There's no need to sort of humiliate on the way through. Just give the right decision for the game, and the right decision is that Mason Cox is not suspended for that action. Mm. Um, Speaking of goal of the week, Jared, yep. what about his goal? Yeah. Mason Cox, where he danced around Scott Pendlebury like about three people and just snapped it through. So he's in, he's improved again, I think, and he's going to have some really quiet games where he frustrates the fans, but he's going to have some real impactful games like he did uh, on Thursday night. So it's it's been a joy to watch, and uh, he doesn't need to be missing for, for acts like that. So, some players beat you for sheer speed, and some players, Bob, they just outslow you. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand still and everyone moves so fast around them. It looks like they're doing all the, all these moves. You can see four defenders actually, go, well, he's not eventually going to snap this at the goal. So what are the – they went through all the – hang on a second. The he's, slow-mo what, scene what from the Matrix. I, why didn't I tackle him? He just outslowed them. <laughs> Richmond. So your words echoed in my ears right through the call on Thursday night. Alex Rance is the system. Mm. What – what did we learn about Richmond? What did we learn about how formidable the challenge is from Thursday night, Kingy? Oh, look, went to that game just to watch, just to watch the Richmond back six and see how much they missed this guy. And, you know, the vision that we'll show on Wednesday night on 360 will mirror the exact same instances in a game, the positions where the ball is on a wing or going inside 50. With Rance there, it is such a different look. He... He doesn't cover a man. He covers five men from the opposition. He, he's, he's constant support. You cannot replace. And, and I stopped short of saying it last Monday with yep. you, and I probably sort of said it Wednesday that he is a system, and it got endorsed on the Thursday night. They are a, they are going to be picked apart down back. So watching it live, Kingy, did you see, was it just like Rance was removed from the mechanics of the game, or did you see Richmond now, did they try... Anything new? Did you see a new kind of style from Asprey or Grimes or these guys? Same, same style. I mean, they're going to go with the same system, but 
lesser players just get things wrong or they don't have the speed to recover once they've got things wrong or they they don't have the same trust. So three players fly instead of just one spoiler and, yeah. and, and a third man in. You have three in the air. Um, the overlap goal, there's, there's a classic overlap goal uh, that we'll show on Wednesday night that if Rance is there, it doesn't happen. And, and it's an easy statement to make, but when we show the exact same play mirrored, then uh, y- y- your understanding of the, the challenge at hand, this guy's a walk-up Hall of Famer. You can't, you can't replace them. And, and Richmond know that. But what Collingwood did to control the ball, Kane, you know, further up the field, they just chipped the ball around. It meant that Richmond couldn't get numbers back. They couldn't flood back because they had to cover. They had to cover further up the field all the time. Um, Collingwood played it well. They probably overplayed it at times, but that's what's going to happen going forward. Was that a work well, that- rate thing, Kingy? I, I, that was the old. The old thinking was with when the marks go up, you know, through the roof, the statistical mm. number of the marks. It was all what the coach would come around and say, you know, they're, they're outworking us, you're not, you're not pushing hard enough defensively. Did that, is that how it looked live? Not, not a work rate thing, I didn't think. I think it was more, okay, we've got to hold deeper to give the back some support, cover down the line, hold deeper, um, representing the air, outnumber, and as soon as they switch it, then you've got to try and set up the same situation the other side of the ground. Um, and quite often they couldn't get there. They couldn't not 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 through a work rate thing, but just and a be- deliberate ploy of Collingwood to try to move that defence yeah. and see if they good coaching. Yeah. So I wanted to ask about so th- so there's the Rance factor up the other end to make his job easier. Their forward line pressure has always been so strong. Now that's dropped off two games in early days, but but that is really low to start the year. And and just in general, I mean it's a general stat, but 33 tackles on the night is as Damien Harwick said after the game so unrichmond like so. Without Rance, they're going to have to lift that a notch and their stars are going to have to perform uh, above the level perhaps that they've done in the past. Are we concerned about Martin's form? Are we concerned about um, Cochin, uh, Rewalt before he got injured? Are we concerned about the way that he fit in with Lynch early days? They put him on ball, they put him in the ruck. So must be some issues there. So it's not just the Rance issue, is it, is what I'm trying to say. There are other issues in their game as well. I think the numbers can can sell you a different story sometimes. If... if Collingwood are going to play the chip mark game, you're not going to be able to tackle. So you're going to get a low tackle game. So I think you've got to disregard that. As so does just, everyone do that now, though, against them? I know it's easier said than done, but does everyone do it to eliminate that that pressure that they bring? Yeah, I, that's what I say. I think everyone will, will look at that. Uh, the Dogs did it last year late in the season. I think it was round yeah. 22 or yeah. 23. Yeah. Um, most teams are looking to do that. But Richmond have been so good at, at not allowing that first mark and then therefore that eight mark uh, chain. So I, I think that that's a, that's a constant arm wrestle that Richmond are trying to get the game into chaos and the opposition are trying to get it into control, take the speed out of the game, take the pressure out of the game and make it a, make it a, a low scoring contest that Richmond have to defend. If they haven't got Rance, make them defend for longer. Now they don't have Rewalt for a month. Yeah. The challenge becomes harder. Grimes is not going to be there next week. Uh, so just, things are just challenging Richmond at the moment. We hadn't seen them without Rance for five years. He's pretty much been a staple in that team. Now we see them without two of their pillars. It does it does come back to their midfield, who have been a pretty poor clearance team the last uh, the last three seasons. So they've got to elevate, and, and it's not that Dustin has to become um, become Dustin again. But the whole group, you know, Lambert needs to get back to where he was. You know, yeah. Dusty needs to come back up, not not thirty percent, just just ten percent. Um, but they need they need Prestia more than they need him. They need Caddy to get back into that team and actually have some influence, which is going to be a challenge. So, it's a group thing. But this is on the midfield now. 
They've got to protect their back six. They've got to get the ball going their way more often than not. And and what level of coaching challenge is it? So do they hold to what has made them successful for, for the two years where they've had a gap on the competition? Or do you actually have to spend some time reinventing yourself? Well, it's sort of – it's really difficult. I mean, Bob – jump in here anytime. It's really difficult to reinvent on the run, I, I feel. You can make it's, small it's, changes. It's, it's difficult to do and it's and it's really delicate to sell that to a group of players who you're trying to ignore the elephant in the room that you're without Alex Rand. So if Damien Hubbard comes in, hey, we're going we're, we're gonna to try something radical and a new style, it kind of, it just puts support to those those demons in your head of, okay, he's lost belief. That we can that we can do it without rants. So I, I I would think if if there were changes made, you'd be selling it as these are just tiny little, very little subtle changes. If mm. if he decides to do that at all, Oregon Kane, they've they've operated on the back of four stars, and a stack of role players. Yeah. Now one of the stars goes down, and they miss one more for a month. It is hard to get role players to play marquee. Um, marquee roles given their absence so in their absence so that's the challenge and Damien Harbick has got the absolute most out of this group for 40 50 odd games now maybe a fraction longer than that so credit to that period this is a totally different challenge and, and I think he's he's going to go to most gunfights with a knife Oh, I think I agree with you. I read your article in the Herald Sun about Vlosten trying to play Rance's role. Now, he's, he's a very good player, but he's not Alex Rance, is he? So I com- completely agree with that. And that's why um, your star players need to get... I think Dustin needs to get back to Dustin Martin levels. I know that that's, that's a lot of pressure, but this guy is supposedly the best player in the game. You, you've paid him $1.2 million, whether that means what it means, but... He needs to get back to that. They they need that. I think the whole side needs an injection of something. I think Cochin needs to get back to his, you know, he's twenty five and his his eight tackles and, and and winning the ball in the clearance. Edwards needs to to step up. And you're right, Lambert the same. So they just need their absolute best out of the players that are A graders. I think if you're expecting Dustin Martin to get back to to twenty seventeen, then you're living in a false world. Why do you say that? Because no one played at that level. <laughs> For, for, for a 25-week period, no one has played at that level. So I, I, don't think, I don't think that's a realistic expectation. There's a big gap, though, between – he needs to bridge that gap. There's a big gap between that level and yeah. where he's at now. So the, he needs to big, somehow bridge that gap. But there was a big gap between the 2017 season of Dustin Martin and the best seasons of the best. So I don't think it's getting near that. I, I don't, I, I'm agreeing with you that he's, he's probably down on the dusty that, that he can be. And I think it's crazy to write that he doesn't tackle. He doesn't, me, he's never tackled. Give me a metric then, David. Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a 10 <laughs> then and it's a 6 now, let's hey, let's meet in the middle. We want him an 8. I've cleared that up. <laughs> Very good. Hey, Kane, great to have you as part of Crunch Time again. Thank you. We'll talk next have Saturday. Kane Corn's part of our team. We're in the crunch. Turn your scooter into a money-making machine. Drive for Scooty. Melbourne's first two-wheeled taxi. We'll delve into the stand against racism at today's curious scheduling. Tom Scully in, Jesse Hogan in, 
Essendon and St Kilda, probably the highlight of today. That is all ahead in the crunch with David King and Bob Murphy. Crunch time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues with great offers until March 31. Search Honda 50 for details and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Crunch time to continue. What's at stake in the twilight when Essendon and St Kilda come together? We have to wait for our AFL today. We have to wait for the twilight. It's a rather curious piece of fixturing. The day was left open for the AFLW Grand Final, so it could have a standalone showpiece. It wasn't utilised, and thus we wait. (laughs) And there's crossover. So there's a few different issues tied into that. Jared Waitley, Bob Murphy, David King with you on Crunch Time. We are in the crunch for Scooty, the best way to get around town. In the aftermath of Adelaide's win over the Swans... Collingwood over Richmond, but really with an eye for what's to come. Bob, what sort of left-wing politically correct pinko campaign are you running <laughs> with your reference to AFLM? Oh, oh date yeah. careful running with just dropping the letter M, Jared has got. Wow. Pa- pa- Talk power. about stumbling into something. Power, the power of the letter. When? What was your intention? When? It, so you're not the first to use AFLM, it no, should I'm, be well, said. I'm, no, I'm glad you've pointed that it's out. Been sort of, it's been said with a sense of mirth that from time to time as a tool of differentiation and a bit of a, a smile. You can't smile these days. No, I've kind of sat back and sort of bits of frustration, but a bit of a wry smile as well because the article was actually not about this, if you want to call it an issue at all. It was a completely different sort of topic. You guys have written newspaper columns. I was over word count. This was, this was in terms of economy as much as anything. The, the word count. And then also, I'm talking, this is AFLW Grand Final Week. And so I was talking specifically about the culture of the men's game in the locker room and the leaders uh, changing masculinity. And so to stop repeating myself by saying in the men's game and in the, men, the men's culture, I said, well, just to, ca-, and, and honestly, with, with no, not one skerrick hand on heart of, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a statement here. I'm gonna I'm gonna agitate by saying AFLM. It was more in terms of well, this will just just make it a bit clearer. Just to AFLM. And, and then, so so you're you're telling me that your your place in the great modern debate was won because I'm overworked, Count. <laughs> there was a sense that that was at the source. Now now I'd be lying if I said the in the aftermath that that the anger it's caused. In you know, in, in a portion of the community, I've I've enjoyed that a little bit. <laughs> I've enjoyed that a little bit. When did you realise you were at the centre of something? Uh, I got a phone call from uh, Claire Syracuse at the Age saying <laughs> saying that she was going to write a follow up comment piece, and she goes, "Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I heard it this morning." <laughs> and you know that unnerving moment where you go, "Heard what?" <laughs> <laughs> and then she kind of filled me in on you know the comment section and 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 some breakfast radio stuff. This is awesome. I love so Bruce McAvaney. He's got a very underestimated sense of occasion in these things. He just casually dropped it into the commentary last night. Mm. AFLM. He did. Why do people take to the barricades in that moment? Do you think? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm what's, not too sure. I mean, I, this is just something I don't get. I don't get queasy about. So this was. This is not a you know big statement of we should change the name. But I sort of would flip. You just flip the question back and say, well, "Why? If you if you are outraged, why? What? Ex- explain to me why the passion of of having this having this sort of brought up." No, I've no passion for it. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I was oblivious to it. God, I wish I'd known about it when we were on air together on Thursday. <laughs> that was sort of right at the hotbed of it. Well, the, the, so you so didn't the, pose a change, though, did you? You're just happy with... It was AFL. just no, 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 a the passing art, reference. Yeah, no, no, no. It was I'm amazing. It, but you're not, you're not in, in now thinking, oh, hang on. We should maybe act. No, on this. but I, but I, but I, but I do think it's interesting that in terms it, with the growth of the AFLW game, that I, I felt the need in that just to clear it up. Mm. Bruce McAvaney last night talking because it, you know to reiterate, it's grand, it's AFLW Grand Final week. So there's a lot of articles, there's a lot of conversation. So in terms of just clarity, it was easier and quicker to say in the AFLM, and <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> oh yeah, great, great stuff. I love that. I, yeah, I enjoy it, but I'm, let's. I think we've losing our way here. The AFLW Grand Final. What? What? Oh yeah. What can be done with this to ensure that it's the showpiece that it deserves to be? Well, why don't we just say now we have the Thursday night? So it's a it's a ten eleven day break from the preliminary final week, and the AFLW Bob Grand Final is the Thursday night. Stand alone. There'll be no competitive matches. You can have it at any fixture that needs to be. You can book them all. They're not being used on a Thursday night. Have a 10-day lead-up. It's been a great week for the, for the ladies, and, and we wanted them to get full exposure and let's celebrate the competition, put on their brown load, do, do all those sorts of things that you've got to do this week. Have your All-Australian. Do exactly what we do at the other end of the year for AFL-M. And, oh, I like and, it. I've got celebrate Kimmy on board. This is good. Go celebrate it. Yeah. I think we could make it a, a really great 10, 11 days. And, and it would cause no fuss. And they need their night. I, I, was, I would have been disappointed if we'd have tucked it in at 1 o'clock today, to be honest, for the grand final. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, we'll just, we'll just slot this in just before the real stuff gets going. That's not fair. And that, not right. I'm a fan of the game. I've been watching it right through the whole, the whole season. So let, let's do it properly. Thursday night. Could be a powerful demonstration tomorrow for all the debate that's gone along is if, if it is the event, I feel like it is in Adelaide and they get 30 plus thousand to it. 30? Well, I think there are minimum 20 and I think there's a um, a real galvanising to the cause from the Crows faithful. So the, the men's team was away, but Sunday set aside. Like, oh, I think they could get... I think they could get a thumping crowd. And if they do, then that's the powerful demonstration. This is marquee. Yeah. So let's give it the marquee slot that it deserves. And, th- and that's the Thursday for me, Jim. Mm. Um, then the other uh, social issue of the week was this is the most powerful stance the game, the football community has taken against racism in many a year. And Chance Bateman was brilliant. West Coast's strategy here was fantastic. Not mm. just the condemnation, but the effort on education. This is why the term monkey is completely unacceptable. It's not an, it's not a matter for debate. It's not for you to say, oh, don't be offended by that. This is the history of it. This is the origin of it. This is how it's taken. So rather than just shouting back at the people who are shouting, you go, no, no, this is what it looks like. And then club after club sort of stood in solidarity and they literally stood in solidarity for, for videos, for photos, is and we have we've we've got to this moment a couple of times before and as a football community we haven't crossed the threshold is this is as good a chance as we've ever had to galvanize everybody and and move past what you know what at every level is completely abhorrent 
it was succinctly put by the West Coast Eagles and Chance Bateman. The tone was just was perfect, and it it just captured the depth of hurt and time. It was t- the thing that I t- it was time going back to Terranalis and using phrases like of subhuman. I, I you can almost feel like in the community a collective like a thudding. Oh, I, I I get it. I get we get it. Now we should be. Many of us are more educated than others, but there will be moments from this that will, when we fall foul of this sort of stuff, and someone there will be someone in the crowd in this year, and there'll be there'll be other setbacks, and and those moments are mortal wounds, like taking a javelin to the rib cage. But but this was a big moment of progress, a huge step forward. The West Coast Eagles show you why they're a successful club. Every time they put themselves in front of the media, on show, particularly if, if there's a, a real genuine cause to, and, and a fight to be had, um, just just take your head off. I mean, a lot of clubs would have put the coach out the front and, and, and it wasn't really his his to do, his, 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 um, his discussion to have. He's clearly a major part of it, clearly a driver of that, but he said, no, this is these are the two that need to, to, to do the – the speech here, and I thought it was absolutely first class, and it's something that you show to your kids, and it's something that it's something the older generation I think you've got to get a better handle on. But but clearly, I, I think the thirteen to seventeen to eighteen year olds they have a greater understanding of this than than than, than the older guys, and it's it's a disgrace really. So well done, um, and it is surprising that it's taken us this long to actually have a piece like that. I mean, you just think. How come we didn't have that five years ago? So we, they, uh, I remember so Adelaide well, um, and Port Adelaide tried this around Eddie Betts, and, yeah. they, it, and it was powerful, yeah. but it didn't get the cut through. And then you can go back to Adam Goods, and there's a couple of documentaries that are coming which will um, re-illuminate the times, if you like, and the failures that we had collectively in those moments where we are now. And I think there's um, – that football did all it could. So found one, and it's going to be hard to pick – but. Richmond member, you don't get to participate in our community for the next two years. If, if that's what you do to our community, you're out. And then in the crowd with the fights, the police didn't settle on the $322 fine. They went, no, 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 you're going to court. Is This is a fray, you're going to court, and for three years, no more. Is That's that's all the football community can do. It's a really strong week, I think. I think it was important that it's, it's difficult in these situations that I don't want to, and I don't think, we, we don't want to talk on behalf of Indigenous Australia, but they are asking us now to fight with them and stand with them and support them. I think that, that, was, the, that was another message that I took out of it. One of the great things about being a, particularly a, a Melbourneian is our sporting precinct and the events that we have here. And I think Australia celebrates sport like no other nation. I, I nearly think we have to have a, 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 a greater penalty at play here for those that transgress and try and take away what makes us so uniquely Australian. And, and I, I know the double demerit point type system, you know, on holiday periods on the roads and those sorts of things, I'd love that to come into play at our sporting events. Yeah, you know, that's not the $300 fine. It is yep. this version of, of punishment. All right, coming up on The Crunch, Tom Scully, Jesse Hogan, Max Gorn, Essendon and St Kilda in the twilight today. Turn your scooter into a money-making machine. Drive for Scooty, Melbourne's first two-wheel taxi. We cast an eye forward on Crunch Time. David King, Bob Murphy, Jared Whaley. Let's see how many of these we can get through. Tom Scully playing for the Hawks. <laughs> this, is, um, this is a heist. 
It's not about the Hawks or the Dogs for Tom Scaly this week. It's all about the Giants. <laughs> I might be watching going, oh, I'd be uncomfortable, I reckon. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure who signed that last medical up there, but I reckon they got a phone call during the week. That guy you said was gone for six months. He's playing on Saturday or Sunday. Anyway, it's it's a big win for the Hawks, and I think it just shows you it shows you what good clubs do. We talked about the West Coast a moment ago. Yeah, Hawthorne are no different. They make the right decisions. They know what they can and can't achieve with these with these sorts of risks. Um, and full credit to them. What can Scully do for them? Well, he can give them a fantastic wing pairing. And we talked about this at the start of the year. If you've got if you've got Isaac. Smith on one wing and Tom Scully on the other, you're going to be able to defend and attack all day. So it's the return of that double pronged with Smith and when Bradley Hill, isn't it? It's that that's a that's a real weapon and we and the the talk in the summer was that the new six 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 would sort of become make the wings even more important. So that's a you know it's a pretty big weapon. It's almost as good as having Matera and Main Wearing. I can't think of a greater wing pairing. If for, for the ability to, to assist both defence and attack. Who else in the competition has a better wing pairing at the moment? Can't think. If so. Scully can get back to his best, yeah, which we think he will. How are we to understand Jesse Hogan's return and the passage of the the past two weeks from Fremantle? I think it's the Ross Lyon um, ideology. We throw our arms around our own and and don't really care what the rest of the world's doing or saying or or thinking. We we he's ready to go. Let's bring him in, and I, I love it. I think it it speaks volumes about. Football clubs, you know, everyone's going through their own little battles, um, but once you're part of us, you're, you're in. You're in for the ride. Is it easier after a win? Oh, everything's easier after a win. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. does seem to be like you know, the, the, it's like oh, Jesse's back, and that's if, if they had if they had have been belted last week, and Jesse comes, it's, which I yeah, maybe that's just the way the way the world is, but it does seem like it is. It, I look at what they do. I can't for the life of me understand why they publicly declared what they publicly declared. That, that's – I don't understand the strategy of that is sit him out a week, handle it internally, deal whatever you need to do publicly given that the jig was up, people knew that there'd been an indiscretion, do whatever you like, but don't declare his private business if if you're sitting him out for a week and then going to pick him. Just, just leave him be. I don't think they knew it was going to be a week at that stage, in fairness. And look, there's been a lot wrong with this and not a lot of this has been spoken in hindsight. At the time, we said, oh, this doesn't, this is not uh, the best way of handling this. But I think fundamentally they've got the players' best wishes and best intentions at heart. And that's what a football club does. Toby Green, if he's out in round two, is he going to endure another interrupted season? Gee, we hope not. But that's not. It's not a great sign, is it? One week in, uh, so important to them. He's if he's not the best half forward flanker in the competition, he, he's pretty close. So it's a. It's just a little asterisk there of you know keep an eye on that one. They would. Gee, they need him. They desperately need him. They're not winning the flag without this, this guy somewhere close to one hundred percent. He is their forward line. He makes things. He makes things work. He, they don't have a centre half forward. They've got Jeremy Cameron, who's their full forward, really. He he is the conduit from their midfield or their back line inside the forward fifty. So he, and he the, is critical. It is the Dagoe thing of take yourselves into the opposition. The the, the the Toby Jeremy Cameron's a great player, but it doesn't send shockwaves through match committee quite like Toby Green and and Dugowie, these sort of players do because they just there is no match up for these guys really. Mm. Max Gorn, what's the response look like after his first poor game in a long time and all the commentary that has surrounded it? 
if if you if you target it, and, and many players have have gone through this, if if you don't want it to keep happening, you just have to play well. So already the spotlight last week, so everyone circles. Okay, well let's let's try that. If he's the most influential ruckman in the competition or thereabouts, well of course they they'll try it out every week until until Max just can rise above it. So. You just got to get. He's just got to get used to that now. I think for the next little while until he can just he just brush it off and dominate like he like he has been. Wait for the response, Jared. There will be an all eighteen response if something happens to Max. I'm waiting for the seventeen on field to come and support. Yeah, yeah. That instantly. would have that would have been that that would have been the team talk yep. during the week. No, at doubt. any cost. Yeah, yep. at any cost. That's that's the wording because. You, you just can't allow this to happen. We're talking about, you know, full team with, with Hogan, getting back in. We've we got the players' welfare. You know what? Max is such a key figure in this team. If anyone's coming at Max, Max they're coming at us. That's got to be the mindset. Could we see it? Could we see a fracas or a melee? Well, it, it would be the craziest thing of the weekend if Geelong did anything to Gorn. Why? Because for exactly what it would prompt, it would galvanise. Well, it would allow see. for the demonstration. You got to you got to put your heel into the dirt, Jared, just no. to see whether there's any give. You got to try something early to find out. You have to. You're obligated. No, nah, you can't do it. What do you mean you can't because do it? If it galvanises all of Melbourne in the way you're saying, what it's you, the one no, thing you, you don't it. trigger. You got to test it because what if it, what if they don't respond as they should? You got them again. There's an art to it, isn't there? There's an art. The the, the really good pl- the enforcers who can. Get to that line without giving away free kicks. See, Jared doesn't understand targeting. He, 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 no, it's the world that's. He's those about who to. Play he's about to. I think we. I don't. think we should double team him right now. We're, we're, we're right. nearly off air, Jared. And you're about. <laughs> this is a different sort of targeting. I mean, targeting by SEN <laughs> on the cat. That's different, Jared, to what we're talking about. But I, I think one. One, I think Max needs it to come at him because he needs to show that he's stronger than that too. Yep. So th- there's a lot at play here. But I guarantee you a 17-plus max response. And it all builds towards Essendon and St Kilda. So it's the first to go in the twilight at Marvel is Essendon have spent the week in the spotlight, the spotlight that you don't want, especially after round one. What represents a suitable response this afternoon? Well, they'll, they'll win and they should win well. I'm looking at the first the first twenty minutes. If they if if they've not dominated the first twenty minutes, that that's not enough for me either. They they they've on paper they're they're much they've got so much more talent than St Kilda. After the week they've had, they should be breathing fire and should and should put it to bed pretty quick. That's what that's what I'm expecting. Never seen a nervous football club play well. Never. That they will play tight. Have you ever tried to run with your bum cheeks together, Jared? Very hard to do. They will play tight. Strong foot- visual again. We had Chris <laughs> Scott last week. This is David. Try and hold We've a twenty cent toy. But- oh no! Anyway, anyway I'm just saying it is very hard to play f- with flair and free flowing football that that brings reward on the scoreboard and all those sorts of things. You, you can appear fumbly. You can second guess yourself. You can play safe. Um, these are the sorts of things that happen, and that's why. That's why. At round one, it is it is a relative disaster to have a performance like that because it affects so much. Can can they just come out and, and not listen to all the noise and, and just play the way they should? The answer is no. They can't. It's, it's impossible to do that. So a response today is to win by one point. It, it doesn't matter the margin. The only the only disaster is to get rolled, and that that's why it's a nervous it's a nervous afternoon. And how do we to understand Dan Hanabry's um, leaving of the leadership group at St Kilda. Uh, it's it's bizarre, really, because 
in most cases, when a, if a player is, is battling injury and they're out for a, a period of time, that's when the opportunity to, to take on more leadership arises. So I think we're left kind of, I am feeling just a bit, yeah, just, it's just a, it's just a weird, a weird situation from outside. I worry for Alan Richardson. If you're going to jump off a, a leader so quickly from the playing group and, and you're comfortable with that, to throw him to the wolves and, and actually almost, almost declare that publicly, that that's, that, yep, that's what's happened, then you can cut anyone free. He's been there five minutes and they've turned that blowtorch on. Not needed, not required. Why, why does that need to be public? And why do, you, why do you really need to do it, even if you 100% believe it? What do you gain out of that? So has he stepped out or has he been removed? Do we know no, that much? No, no one steps out after one week, one week of the season. No, he, he didn't step out. No. All right, it's time for us to step off. So this afternoon in the twilight, Essendon and St Kilda at Marvel Stadium. Bob, you and I will be there. We will. Then uh, And Port Adelaide hosts the Blues in there as well. And then tonight, Geelong and Melbourne West Coast and the Giants. So it is, it's a pretty stacked Saturday when we get there. Can we have a word, Jared, at the back, please? <laughs> this shall be put into the archives as the running with your bum cheeks together episode <laughs> of Crunch Time. Subscribe to the podcast. You just never know in which direction it will go. <laughs> Crunch Time for Honda's 50th birthday celebration continues with great offers until March 31. Search Honda 50 for details and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.